Welcome back to Cancer Actually Fucking Sucks. I'm your host, Madison Pollock, Hodgkin's lymphoma survivor, host of this wonderful show, and integrative nutrition health coach for cancer survivors after treatment. Today's guest is Christy Finley, a three-time leukemia and bone marrow transplant survivor. Christy shares her story of experiencing all of this within just 16 months and has now been in remission for almost 16 months. Can't wait for her to share her story. Hi, Christy. Welcome to Cancer Actually Fucking Sucks. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Maddie. I'm excited to be here. Yes, I'm so excited virtually to have you. Um, and I can't wait for you to share your story. It's pretty wild and long, but in like kind of a short time frame for how much shit yes. you've gone through. So yes. to start, you're a three-time leukemia survivor and you mm-hmm. had a bone marrow transplant. So yes want to talk about it all I guess how long first have you been done I forget so my last chemo treatment was mid-June of last summer so we're the okay. day after Mother's Day so that's almost a year uh, 10 months yeah. yeah um and then two weeks after my last chemo treatment I got more cells from my donor okay um which that was seven months post transplant bone marrow transplant okay so got it yeah so are you technically like in remission yes so for amazing uh yes congratulations 13 months I've been in remission um literally as the world was shutting down last year yeah uh, I found out it came back 80 days post transplant and I had to start up chemo again Wow. We were we were trying to kill my immune system four times as a global pandemic was going right. on. You know, right. normal things. I mean, like frightening. <laughs> <laughs> Wild. Um, wow. Okay, yeah. So let's rewind from the beginning. Yeah. Um yeah. I guess how what were your first symptoms? How'd you find out? What kind of yeah. leukemia? All that. Yeah, everything. All that fun stuff. So back then in fall winter of 2018 I was just about to turn 28 um I was uh living life 100 miles an hour as every 27 year old who's not married does Mm -hmm. um I had seven weddings within 10 months in five different states wow I was in one of them um three of them were cousins a very Mm -hmm. large family Mm -hmm. (laughs) and um in the spring of 2018 I had three weddings within five weeks so every other weekend were they all like away like you had to travel to them all uh California home in Philly and Maryland but that was only an hour and a half Mm -hmm. and then um went to Nashville for my friend's bachelorette in June and then her wedding was in New Hampshire in September. Two weeks later, a local wedding. And two weeks later after that was another oh local God. wedding. Uh, that was one of my cousins. And the kicker was I, my old job, I was working every other weekend. So mm. I, you know, kind of burning the candle at both ends. Yeah. Like we all do. We're just like trying right. to enjoy our lives. Right. And so it was. I think it was the week of my last wedding, I got my flu shot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes 
all thinking about this now with the COVID vaccine. Okay, yeah. But, um, <laughs> so I got the flu shot and it was like the week after Halloween, I just felt a little run down and I was like chalking it up to the flu shot or, right. you know, just being exhausted. Or just being I tired, just, yeah. I just did three weddings within five weeks and traveling and, you know, having fun in between. Right. Um, and what's funny was in August, I was down the shore, Jersey shore, uh, mm-hmm. with my family and one of my best friends. And I said, you know, I just feel like my body, like, is going to burn out after this last phase of weddings. Yeah. I was thinking mono. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> not, a, not as long term and <laughs> right. intense. Um, so, yeah, it was two weeks after um, the flu shot. And that's when I started to feel a little run down. I mean, I was a sales consultant on a showroom mm-hmm. floor and, um, you know, I was only a year into the position. And so I was stressed out as everyone is. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, again, chalking up to that, the flu shot, the wedding, you know, and then the week, the weekend, it was a week and a half before Thanksgiving that weekend. And I went out, um, I went to work on Saturday and I work 10 to five on Saturdays and I just felt tired. I mean, those Saturdays I'm on my feet the entire time. I'm just running around. And afterwards I went to grab gas, some wine to go to my friend's friend's giving party. Mm-hmm. And um, I was running late. I parked like down the hill and I walked up the hill kind of quickly, but not, I wasn't sprinting. Yeah. And I get to the house and I'm like out of breath and mm-hmm. I'm like a physically fit person. I'm not uh, a marathon runner, but mm-hmm. I should not be doing that. Right. And my friend's uh, husband was like, are you okay? Like, why are you out of breath? Oh, wow. You were like, visibly like, yeah. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. I just like ran up this hill. You know, I got four bottles of wine and like, <laughs> <laughs> that's not light. <laughs> So chalked it off again. Mm-hmm. And so go home, wake up the next day. I'm tired. I go with two of my friends to a vineyard and I wake up that morning and I notice my gums are a little swollen. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's kind of weird. And one of my friends at the time worked for a dentist office. So I texted her a photo of my mouth and she's like, yeah, definitely keep an eye on that. That looks a little strange. And so I go to work on Monday and I was supposed to leave early anyways for a a yearly uh, checkup dermatology appointment. Mm. And so I was supposed to leave work right after lunch anyways. And I get to work and I have these two best girlfriends from camp and I'm texting them and I'm like, guys, I I can't even look at my computer screen. Like I just can't focus. Yeah. Again, thinking I was just run down and whatever. And I send another photo of my mouth to my friend and I'm like, dude, I I think I got to like come in. Like my mouth is just swollen. It's so weird. Like what an interesting symptom. Yeah. Which apparently is very common. Oh, is it? Okay. Didn't know that. Yeah. And so luckily I booked an emergency 
dentist appointment. My boss wasn't even in. So I had to text her and be like, hey, sorry, I got to book it. Like, I, I don't know what's going on with my mouth. I can't mm-hmm. focus. So I go to the dentist and they said, oh, well, you're like, yeah, you're swollen. Your molars are spaced out. Um, we're going to have to give you two shots of Novocaine. It looks like you have like a piece of cilantro in between your gum and your tooth. I'm like, what, what the hell? Like, that's not normal. Yeah. And so they gave me the two shots of Novocaine. They water picked the piece of cilantro out of my tooth, or maybe it was something from the stuffing from Friendsgiving. And I go home to my parents' house because that was closer than my apartment. And before I go to my dermatology appointment, and I can't remember, but I feel like I had a random bruise too. There's always like, mm-hmm. looking back, you're just like, whoa, so right. many so many random things that like now add up yeah so you just hindsight is they were like right they're like okay yeah I mean I've got two dogs I hit stuff all the time like mm-hmm. yeah a bruise like no big deal so go to the dermatology appointment go home the next morning um I wasn't supposed to work until 11 because it was my late night which was 11 until 8 p.m mm-hmm. and this was the last week that I could get blood work done for insurance to, Mm. you know, check off certain levels of healthy stats and you get a certain amount of insurance back. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Well, not this year. (laughs) Um, And so I go, I'm like in my dress work pants. I have a long sleeve shirt on because it's, you know, the week before Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. and, um, NPA that's cold and um I get my blood work done that morning and I go into work and I don't even change out of my t-shirt and I'm like sweating through my t-shirt which is like weird I mean not like a ton but I'm not that sweaty of a person so that was like bizarre and like no one else was hot normally everyone is like blankets and stuff like that and I go to my boss's office right down from my desk and I'm just like hey I don't feel well. I, I think I got to go home. Like if I have the flu, I don't want to get anyone sick. Like she is a young kid. There's a lot of moms I work with. They have kids. And this again Mm -hmm. is the week before Thanksgiving. So I was like, I just got to, I'll go home, refresh. I'll come in tomorrow. So I go home. I I was only in the office for uh, three hours, went and got some soup, went home, took a shower, put some sweats on and went to sleep. I woke up Wednesday morning, 1114 mm. was the date, November 14th. I woke up and I was like drenched when I woke up. Like I had to take um, a shower yeah. before work, which is again, bizarre. Yeah. And I'm like, well, shit. Like I worked three hours out of 10 on Monday, three out of 10 hours on Tuesday. Like I gotta, I gotta go. I gotta go to mm. work. And So I get into my car and I'm not even in my car for two minutes and I get a call from um, not an unknown number, but a number that was not saved in my phone. Yeah. And, uh, you know, normally I don't answer those, Mm -hmm. Uh, but something was telling me if it's 745 in the morning, I should like probably answer it. Right. And it was my... um, general doctor I'm totally blanking on the type but you're uh just like GP there we go yeah and um 
she's like, Hey, Christy, it's Dr. Hellman. Um, how are you feeling? I'm like, uh, I feel like I kind of have the flu, but yeah. I mean, you know, whatever. And she goes, okay, well, uh, where are you? And I said where I was and I was, my apartment was essentially in between, uh, university of Pennsylvania hospital, downtown Philly or West Philly and Bryn Mawr ER. Mm-hmm. And she goes, okay, well, why don't you go? Cause I was driving. Why don't you mm-hmm. go to Bryn Mawr ER? I need you to get some more tests done. Your white blood cells were little high and we either need to redo the test or see if we need to get more tests done and call me when you see a nurse. Mm, that's really scary. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, tell me I have mono. Just tell me. Just right. tell me I have mono. So the next call was to my boss telling her like, hey, got to go to the ER. Maybe I'll be back this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, can we talk about how messed up our society Tom? is that you were, well, that you were worried about, like, going back to work if you weren't I, feeling well? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm a sales consultant, so, like, canceling, like, three appointments and, like, right. yeah. So, we'll find out later how she had an inclination of what was wrong Yeah. when I said I had high white blood cells. So, get off the phone with her, call my mom, and I'm like, hey, mom, like, just got a call from Dr. Heilman. Um, I need to go to Bryn Mawr ER and get more tests done. She's like, do you want me to come with you? And I'm like... <laughs> Again, looking back, this is just truly like comical. I'm like, well, it's just to get more tests done. Like, I don't know. I don't think you need to come. And she's like, no, 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 I'll come. And I'm like, okay, sure, I'll be there in like 20 minutes. And so I go, I get checked in. This is my first, well, first time as an adult. a toddler doesn't count when you get a Barbie ring, ring stuck up your nose, but you know, so technically, <laughs> technically my first adult time going to the ER, uh-huh. they hooked me up to an IV. I think I got like two bags and I had to pee in the room, like a toilet right next to the bed. And I was like, well, this is great. Yeah. Um, and my mom gets there and, you know, I call my nurse or my doctor and she talks to the nurse. And I could have, she had bronchitis or laryngitis or something. So she didn't really have a voice, but mm. she was talking to the nurse and I heard the word leukemia. I'm like, what? Oh, wow. And so within two hours of me being at that emergency room, they had an oncologist by my bedside and oh said, we, yeah, we can't officially diagnose you until we do a bone marrow biopsy. Mm-hmm. didn't know what that was mm-hmm. and you we pretty much you're not going to be leaving the hospital for a few weeks a few and weeks a few weeks oh my god and so remember I am 27 mm-hmm. this is eight days before Thanksgiving three weeks before my 28th birthday four weeks before Christmas I was having one of my girlfriends from college visit me for New Year's from Texas Oh, yeah. And I pretty much am like one of the most social people ever around the holidays between family gatherings, Pollyanna's holiday events. Just, yeah, yeah, no, you're not leaving the hospital for a few weeks. I was like, more concerned about that. I was like, um, 
I feel like mm-hmm. that is like that would be the first thing. Well, I'd be like, um, I'm like, I'm I should go to a black tie. Like, I'm yeah. to go to a black tie event on Friday night. Like, are you sure? Right. That's wild. That right away they knew you'd have to be. Was it because like your levels were so great? Like they so, knew it was like a bad a, stage. So it's or? normal. A normal person's white blood cells are seven to eleven thousand. Mm-hmm. I on Tuesday, so the day before I got admitted, the day I got the blood work done, um, I was at sixty five thousand. Wow. And the day I got admitted to the ER the next day, I was at seventy five. So it was Oh, it was like quickly it was progressing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and pretty much with leukemia patients for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, once they got they get diagnosed, you're you're admitted for like a bare minimum of two to three weeks wow so like it's not like my cousin who had lymphoma 13 years ago she got diagnosed right after thanksgiving and then she was allowed to start treatment after christmas so she had three weeks to like have dinner with family have dinner with friends nope i'm like um mom can you bring me clothes that i can wear that aren't business attire like yeah (laughs) a phone charger yeah um wow so yeah so then um me being me I was also like um so I've heard of leukemia but like what is that yeah because I mean, it's not as right. like it's not as obvious as a breast cancer or right, it's not like a I part mean, of the body I think so he was like um it's cancer of the blood I was like oh <laughs> okay got it that's why I'm not leaving the hospital for like a few weeks okay yeah. So after we find that out, I'm, I don't know how I was this calm. It, mm-hmm. I, I, I think I didn't cry for the first few months. Like wow. it just was that kind of a survival mode shock, I right. think, because yeah. you're just, you don't, you don't have time to just grieve what you're about to go through or like you have mm-hmm. no, I, you don't have time to Google, which don't ever Google. Yeah, um, you don't have time to like mentally prepare. You're just like, all right, like I'm going. Like mm-hmm. after we found that out, I was like, Mom, can you call Dad? Like, explain that to him, please, because I just yeah. can't do that. And so then we're waiting around all day, and at like lunchtime, one o'clock, they're like, okay, well, we're gonna have to transport you down to University of Pennsylvania. I was like, okay, well, when? Because I'm just chilling in the ER watching Bravo, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I think it was like four o'clock. They finally said, oh, Penn has a room. It'll take two to three hours. And I was like, well, perfect. It takes us one hour to get down there. Mm-hmm. And my mom can go home, grab me some clothes, a charger, grab my dad, eat dinner, and then we'll go down to Penn. So then, you know, pre-COVID, way pre-COVID, they put me in a mask, bundle me up, and put me in this van that's like an ambulance down to Penn. I'm in a wheelchair. I don't know why I was in a wheelchair, but they put me in a wheelchair. I could have walked. I was fine. And they don't even like buckle me in. And so I'm like in this van. I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) And like going through like... The not so great parts of West Philadelphia with potholes every other second. I'm right. like, oh my god, like, like bouncing I just around, fall out. And it was, oh my god, it was so hot in that van. I was like, oh, Ugh. that's horrible. So, oh my god. So we go down to Penn. 
got checked in. They put me in a room with a roommate, which I I didn't really know that existed either. I, I like, had no idea that existed. Okay. Yeah. So they put me on like the fourth floor, but I needed to get up to the seventh floor and that's like the transplant floor. Mm-hmm. And um so I get in there and they're like, Okay, um, so we're gonna take like twenty three vials of blood. I was like, Oh my god, excuse me? Yeah. I think they I think they drew blood like every four hours like I was like oh the phlebotomist is back like yeah why are you poking me again like I just had so many like you know the bandages all over my arm because right. they were trying not to do the same spot which luckily you know at 2 30 in the morning they're like okay yeah we're gonna put a pick line in your arm I'm like, what the hell is a goddamn pick line like yeah dude someone tell me what I'm doing <laughs> so, I know it's kind of crazy I feel like you were just like Going within the right. first 24 hours they're like all right we're gonna put this thing called a pick line in your arm wow. it's gonna be like a tube that goes all the way to your heart and it's gonna have the two lumens sticking out and I'm like well what's that for and they're like well <laughs> to draw blood so we don't have to poke you a billion times and I was like done Sold. yeah Sounds <laughs> do great. it <laughs> and then they're like you're gonna have your chemo through that and I was like okay fine again not getting poked because I hate I still hate needles and blood so they put it in at 2 30 in the morning the next day was Thursday and I meet the attending doctor who luckily is now my oncologist Mm -hmm. um, because the attending doctors like I had some that were breast cancer lymphoma Mm -hmm. and the one that I had on my first week for three days was a leukemia oncologist oh amazing so yeah, that like worked out perfectly. He's the absolute best. Dr. Mm. Pearl, if he would ever listen to this mm. at Penn, um, he's just, he's the best. Oh, that's so and, lucky. Cause I was going to ask you like how, like you didn't really get to like pick your oncologist. It's not. Nope. Yep. Nope. You're you just going to shop your oncologist. Right. Like, <laughs> that is a thing. If you yeah. Shop your oncologist. But totally. And so the next day I meet him and he's like, okay, well we can't, figure out we can't figure out what um type of leukemia you have until we do a bone marrow biopsy Mm -hmm. no one knows how much they will hate those words until they have their first one I've had 10 and god I can't yeah and I'm not sedated for them (laughs) oh my god oh my god so they are like, okay, well, we'll bring in the NP to do the biopsy. And I'm like, okay, like, don't tell me what it is. Just tell me, like, when I just got to, like, focus. I put a pillow over my head, yeah. sweatshirt. And my mom's like, do you want me in the room? And I was like, I don't want you seeing that. From what they've said, yeah. no one needs to oh. see that. Yeah, And, yeah, like, yeah. My, my cousin had my aunt in the room, like, holding her hand. And I was like, oh, my God, you'd be traumatized. I don't right. ugh, No. So get that done, and I was like, "Well, that was fun." And was yours like who... um? Was yours a machine, like a big machine that no. did that? Um, I forget whose podcast I listened to. I don't know if that was Cassie's, but she was like, "Yeah, it was a literal drill," and I was like, Ugh. "Yeah, <laughs> like, my like, oh my god, what was that yours? It, it was like a machine." That felt like a oh my God. I don't know what it looked like because my head obviously was down. <laughs> if only you could see me reacting. Guys. It was, like, um, the, it was yeah. the grossest thing in the entire no, world. The the so bone marrow biopsy for those of you who don't know is when they literally drill either manually or apparently with a <laughs> mechanical drill um, 
they drill a cylinder into the backside of your hip, um, like right where your jeans or pants or, you know, underwear would hit. Mm -hmm. They drill a hole into your bone and they take out a sample of your spongy bone marrow and they like suck it out of your, um, out of your bone and I mean, pretty much every time, all 10 times, I felt like tingles down my legs. Like, yeah. ugh. I was like, oh God, please don't hit a nerve. Please don't yeah. hit a nerve. Oh, so yeah, I've done do 10 of those. Well. So <laughs> they find out that I got officially diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia. Mm-hmm. Inversion 16 was my subtype with a mm-hmm. KIT, K-I-T-T mutation. Mm-hmm. So once they found that out, the next or on Thursday, um, they said, okay, tonight we're going to start you at two 30 in the morning. Like again, why with a two 30 in the morning, (laughs) whatever. (laughs) Um, uh, and we're going to do this treatment called seven and three. And I was like, okay. Um, uh, Donna Rubison, something, I think it was like Donna Rubison, Cytarabine and, Oh, one of the red ones in the syringe that made me mm. lose my hair. I forgot, honestly. When, you, like, when you've it. had 10 different concoctions of chemo, you just can't really remember them all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so one part of the seven and three, so it's seven days, three different drugs. The third one uh, was a syringe three times that was red, and that's the one that makes you lose your hair. And they're like, okay, well, you're going to be hooked up for seven days straight like literally 24 seven. Yeah. I had a shower attached to my IV pool yeah, for wow. two months at a time. Yeah. Or I guess one, well, one week then, and then later on we'll see more. But, um, so yeah, that was, I got unhooked from chemo the morning after Thanksgiving. So I spent Thanksgiving in the hospital. Mm. Um, and luckily a local foundation, the Headstrong Foundation has volunteers and donations for a Thanksgiving meal. So that's a great way that they make you feel at home when you're stuck in the hospital. hospital. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. So they've, uh, was your family just like with you the whole time? Like did did your mom just stay? When I was in the hospital, she stayed with me the first night. And then after that, I mean, it's not like, I think MSK in um, Manhattan, they bring in like beds for their guests. I mean, I was not making my mom do that. I was like, you need to go home, shower, get good sleep, eat meals that are not at the hospital. And like, I mean, when you're in the hospital like that, I mean, I get woken up every four hours for my vitals. So I never got good sleep when I was in the hospital. And then by like nine o'clock, you have a team of like four to eight people between oncologist, pharmacist, physical therapist, nutritionist. I mean, wow. Christ, I can't, I, I, like, I can't remember all the people that I talked to. I'm like, I just woke up and you're like, <laughs> a lot. I'm not there yet. I'm not yeah. there yet. So my mom would come down pretty much from like 10 to one every day. Cause luckily she was not you know, attached to like a desk working or anything like that. Her schedule is pretty flexible. She made it more flexible. Um, So she would come down for lunch, 
I would take a nap in the afternoon and then my dad would come down after work and have dinner with me and we'd watch like a villain of a basketball game or something. Mm -hmm. So they at least did that. Um, the one thing about leukemia that makes it a little more unique is again, it we're killing my immune system every time we do chemo. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I didn't have friends visit me in the hospital because we were minimizing my right. exposure. Your your first round of chemo to get you into remission is called induction. So that was the mm. induction. And so after that, my white blood cells went to zero. My hemoglobin dropped. My platelets wow. dropped. And they did not want to give me uh, Nubigen shots to, like, boost my yeah, white blood not? cells because they wanted to fully they didn't want to like trigger the immune system to come back quicker they really mm. really wanted to kill everything okay so was, how did you feel diagnosed... you must have been like just so um, tired uh I was tired because I got woken up at midnight and four and, and just, eight yeah, every and hour. whatever <laughs> um my first year of chemo it didn't affect me my last round of chemo last spring is the one that kicked my ass. Okay. Um, so I don't know if that was better or worse because I was like, I feel fine and I'm stuck in the hospital. Like, yeah, ugh, that was brutal. Yeah. But so when they kill your immune system and they just have to slowly watch it creep up, like my nurses had a little chart where my white blood, they tracked my white blood cells, red blood cells, platelets, and then marked down if I received transfusion that day. Like if I mm -hmm. received blood or platelets and so I was diagnosed on 11 14 I was announced cancer free or I guess remission on 12 4 so that was like mm. a week after uh the chemo was done wow um right I'm trying to think of me in the photo I have my hood of my bathrobe on so I can't really remember mm. but I think we had definitely after the first few days, my aunt, my mom, and my aunt came and they chopped my hair to my shoulders. Mm -hmm. And then I was like forming dreadlocks with a ponytail. So I was like, we just gotta, we gotta get rid of this. Yeah. So we uh, took clippers to it and made it maybe like two inches long or whatever. And then mm -hmm. it just naturally like fell out wow. slowly. Okay. Um, so my immune system recovers in remission I get home on 12 10 so that was five days before my birthday mm -hmm. um and I could have I had three friends over for my birthday Christmas I did go to our large 50 person gathering but I was like not hugging any kids and stuff mm -hmm. like that you were social um, distancing before it was cool <laughs> yeah so I haven't been to a normal Thanksgiving in four years yeah um and then, so a few days after Christmas, my friend came. We were supposed to go to um, a concert. Obviously, couldn't go to that. Mm -hmm. And um, so then I did my induction, and they said, okay, that's cool that you're cancer-free, but, like, you still need to do consolidation chemo. So an induction is to get you into remission, and then mm -hmm. consolidation is, like, your preventative chemo. Right, just to make and sure, like, it's... There's no yeah, just really, really make sure it's not there. Yeah. So for January, February, March, April, I would go back into the hospital uh, for four days, like during the mm. week, the first week. Um, and I'd receive 
a few bags of chemo. I was not hooked up to Ivy. I called her my Ivy pole. We called her Ivy. (laughs) (laughs) I was Uh like, yeah, I'm with Ivy today. No, I'm not with Ivy today. (laughs) Ivy's over there. Uh Ivy needs to be plugged in. Uh My parents would be like, are you hooked up to Ivy right now? I'm like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Makes it easier to refer to. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, Uh it's Ivy pole. It's Ivy. Yeah, she was with you for a long time. Yeah, we became really good friends over (laughs) a year and a half. (laughs) Um, So I'd be in the hospital for like four days. Um, Two of the times I had roommates and that was just, oh God, that was Can you explain the roommate? Like what? I don't understand. Is there like a curtain in between you? Just a curtain and all three out of three of my roommates were like older women, like one was maybe in her fifties. The other two were in their seventies and wanted the room at like 80 degrees. Meanwhile, I'm like, Oh my, oh my God. God, I need the room at 65. Like what the hell? Yeah. And a roommate like, in the all, hospital sounds horrible. All, oh yeah. The new hospital doesn't have them. Thank yeah. God. Yeah. Um, and all three of them used a commode and not the bathroom. And I was like, Oh, oh my God. No. Like, thank God the chemo never made me nauseous because... Yeah, what would you I do? Just, you would have to have a separate room. Like, oh there's God. just no way. It was awful. I, one of them, in the four days, I just didn't shower because I didn't even want to use the bathroom because it was on her side. And I was luckily the first room to the hallway. And mm-hmm. so I just went to the bathroom in the hallway because yeah. I was like, I it was just so fat. Oh, my God. Um. I will say the one time I did throw up in that 26 day hospital stay was they wanted to test me for the flu mm-hmm. and just like COVID yeah. they do the throat back of the throat test and um, you do up your nose and my platelets were like not great mm-hmm. they were low and I uh, don't have a great gag reflex. So I was like, this is just not going to go well. Right. And so they do up the nose and they did this like an hour after dinner. Mm. And so they do the thing down the throat. And luckily I had asked for a bucket and I threw up. Yeah. But when I threw up because I had low platelets, I actually popped blood vessels in my pupils, like the black part of your eye. So like looking at me, I looked normal, Yeah. but I'm like, whoa I've got like brown spots everywhere oh no it only affected your sight yeah so that was fun they had to like dilate my pupils to find out what happened and like the blood dried and like that took a month to be like totally in the clear from that wow so you did the four months of like chemo to make sure everything was gone so I did that so I would do the four days and then I'd have like two or three days where I would like not be able to do much but like I could at least go to like Target and like grab something if I needed it yeah and then like boom for 10 days I would have no immune system my mom would give me shots every day Mm. um with the pick line compared to like lymphoma that gets ports Mm -hmm. when you have a pick line um you have the dressing that covers the pick line yeah and so the nurse had to come twice a week to draw my blood to see if I would need anything and then on top of that, to change the dressing once a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and we realized, like, I couldn't do the regular dressing. I had to do the IV 3000. I had to do the betadine instead of rubbing alcohol. And then, well, 
round two and three, I had to do um, like a borderless dressing because my skin was just so sensitive post transplant. Yeah. Wow. And I was having blisters, like bubble blisters. Oh. Um, yeah, that was not very fun. Yeah. Um, so I'd have the 10 days of no immune system. And then so pretty much for maybe like a week for those four months, I would have, I'd be able to go to a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not allowed to drink at all. Mm-hmm. So I'd go out to restaurants and not drink, which is, you know, fine. Mm-hmm. And so then all done mid April of 2019 and I take two and a half months oh yeah I was not working mm-hmm. I actually went back to work last Monday for the first time in 21 months I know we'll get to that yeah <laughs> we'll get to that so I was not working this entire time and so I asked my boss if I could take two and a half months to mid July mm-hmm. um if I could take that time just to like regain my strength regain Mm -hmm. being social endurance like again I'm in sales so like right not I mean everyone's gotten the preview of this in the pandemic but like most days up until recently like I only talk to people like Mm -hmm. with my mouth for maybe an hour and a half two hours a day like yeah, yeah I text all day but like you yeah, but it is like how much energy yeah, I was gonna it say requires to like a skill. talk to people all day. It's a skill, and the energy that it takes is like just yeah. Time. I think people, yeah. yeah, even now with COVID, I mean, maybe not to that extent, but like are more exhausted than oh they yeah. They're like, before. oh my god, I can't go out every night and socialize. I'm like, yeah, imagine like yeah, like I had two Zoom calls today, and I was like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you exactly. just I'm sure. totally. <laughs> yeah, so it took two and a half months. And I went down to Maryland for Memorial Day weekend, Memorial Day family camp with my friends. And I had a friend from work's wedding, which was super fun. And uh, this is like, I don't know if this is borderline inappropriate or just dark humor. It's not raunchy. But so I go to the wedding and I have my wig on because I have like a straight up buzz cut at this point. I Uh put on my fake lashes. I do my eyebrows. I look great Mm -hmm. and I'm sitting next to one of my friends one of my girlfriends from work on one side and a dude I don't know on the other side (laughs) and halfway through the wedding I just take my wig off (laughs) and remember I have like a buzz cut like never said anything to him he's probably like what the hell and then like all all my friends from work we have photos of like them wearing my wig oh my god it was hysterical it was uh, highly recommend that if anyone you know gets to do that take photos uh, with your friends wearing your wig yeah you'll love it you might not feel confident but you'll love it looking back on yeah it. <laughs> did a day in Maine by myself and that was that was the first time that I was like oh my god I love traveling by myself like yeah. you just you know I'm I was not dating anyone I'm still not dating anyone and people are like wow you just do all these adventures by yourself and I'm like well with COVID, I couldn't be in a car until recently with someone that's vaccinated. Right. And like, yeah, everyone has to work and I wasn't working. So like, yeah, you had to like, to do? To be back, had to, like, yeah. to, like yeah, love and I love road trips. Yeah. So like, that was fun. 
And then my mom and I went to London for oh my god, fun. It was supposed to be seven, but it turned out to be nine because our flight got canceled because the weather was so bad. Mm. Um, and we went to Wimbledon because we're very big tennis fans. Oh, that's so, that so was, fun. Wow, that's that awesome. That was unreal. And like, thank God that was summer of 19 and not yeah. 20. Yeah. Because I would have been so pissed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that it. grand trip was planned. Yeah. And I couldn't go. Right. Oh my God, I would be so mad. Well little did we know what was going to happen so that was um yeah so I get back from London the next day I go to work I go to work for four weeks and went down to the shore every weekend Mm -hmm. and um my friends get engaged and I meet up with them afterwards and uh I just started to feel tired that week Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um I have a doctor's appointment with my oncologist Monday five or eight five to August fifth of mm-hmm. two thousand nineteen, and it was a really late appointment because I had to work. So I was like, okay, let me take like the latest spot. Yeah. And so I get down to Penn, and they take my blood. They they didn't have all my results back, but he goes, um something's looking a little off but Mm. um you know I'll just wait till I get the rest of it um I'll give you a call tomorrow and I'm like oh Oh my god yeah oh Jesus I hope you had an Ativan for that night (laughs) oh my god yeah seriously Ativan would have been a great idea (laughs) and so I wake up I go to work feeling more run down oh no I get to work at like 745 because that's when I always do and mm. um the phones start ringing at nine o'clock for the office and literally it's like 903 and I get a call from no caller ID which means it's from 10. Mm-hmm. I walk out to the warehouse and I'm like hey Dr. Pearl like eh, how are you and he's like how are you and I'm like mm, that was not a great response. yeah like, yeah and I was like okay just tell me and he goes it's back and I'm like oh my god. my god great so two parts to this one was when they found out that I had the kit mutation so in version 16 kit mutation they said that with the kit mutation I had a very high chance of relapsing within the first year so I knew that mm-hmm. on day two of being diagnosed yeah so me being like borderline toxic to myself I don't know if it was borderline toxic to myself or just extremely positive but I was just like okay well at least it was now when like I had just gotten my feet wet my hair just started to grow back rather than like oh my god if I had to lose my hair my hair's not even that long guys but if I had to lose my hair right now like yeah oh yeah so I was just like all right let's do this Mm -hmm. so I'm on the phone and I'm like oh this is how he started he goes you're neutropenic and I'm like well what does that mean obviously I knew what neutropenic meant but I was like what what does that mean for like where I'm at right and he's like well you're neutropenic and I'm like um okay well I had berries this morning you're not supposed to have berries when you're neutropenic oh and I'm in my office like with people I was like should I go home and he's like well, that's your call, but you probably should. And I'm like, son of a bitch. Like my boss is gone again. Like it sounds like she's gone a lot, but she's really not. (laughs) Um, And I 
call her and I'm like, you're never going to believe this. Oh but I have God. to leave work. Yeah. Or uh, he, he was like, but we can't confirm it until we do another biopsy. And I'm like, oh, here we go again. Like, oh, yeah, that was probably like number four. Yeah. So I go back. That's Tuesday morning. I go back to my apartment. And I'm like, oh, okay, I have a salad for lunch. Can't eat that. Can't <laughs> eat my berries. Cool. I can't eat any of the food I just prepped for the week. Because yeah. when you're neutropenic, like, you can't have fresh veggies, fresh berries. Right. I, God, the list it's long Mm -hmm. and so I'm like okay well I have to rethink my food for the next three days and so obviously I don't go to work on Wednesday Thursday I Thursday I have a follow-up appointment and Friday I was supposed to be going down to the shore with my family for 10 days Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no that was not happening (laughs) so I, I pack up my bag to like be hopeful that it's not actually back yeah and so we go to my appointment and he's like I don't even need to do a biopsy it's back I was like oh my god all right so what do we do and so there's one thing that like people for like the cancer patient they love to like see their charts before they see their doctor so they can be like okay do we need to see another opinion or how much time do we have before we start treatment? Meanwhile, like, I would not want that. Like, oh, I don't like because, to see it. Yeah. Because when my, whenever I would like talk to my doctor, he'd be like, okay, this is happening. And this is the plan we have for you. Right. And I'm like, you're instantly relaxed. Whereas I feel like if you see your chart at home, you're just like, oh shit, what are we going to do? Yeah, I don't like so, to look. Should we do this treatment? Should we do this? And it's yeah. like, no, like my oncologist is one of the best in the world. Penn is one of the best hospitals in the world. Like mm-hmm. I'm not going to waste my anxiety on thinking about that. Mm-hmm. So he was like, okay, you don't need to be admitted today, but like maybe Monday. And so my mom and I leave the doctor's appointment, call my boss, call my dad, call my aunt, call my brothers, you know, the yeah. immediate and um go home and I'm like all right well what do I gotta pack for the hospital and I was planning on going back to my apartment which was only like 20 minutes away from the hospital and when you're a leukemia patient if you run a fever over 100.4 you have to call your office your doctor's office and you have to go to the ER Mm. so I ran a fever go down to the ER. I've got my pillow and I forgot I was coughing like crazy. And this is oh. early, this is early August. So by the time we get to the ER, I remember an Eagles game was playing and it seemed like people were just in the ER to watch the Eagles game. Like that's mm-hmm. how busy it was. Wow. And I'm like, why are you at the ER? Like you look fine. Like I felt like I was coughing up a lump. Mm. So this is literally the only time I have yelled at a nurse Mm -hmm. so I am visibly like get I'm in a mask pre-covid I'm coughing so bad that I think I'm gonna throw up oh my god I I had chicken noodle soup for dinner I'm pretty sure I did throw that up when I went to the bathroom because they needed a urine sample and 
my mom's like parking the car and I am just like, is someone going to help me? Like I, I like I need something like yeah. this is not like I was like, oh my God, is my throat going to so start scary. Like that's how, that's like how bad I was coughing. And luckily mm-hmm. when you, when you call your doctor's office before going to the ER, they tell the ER and they're like, yo, she's coming in, like, please be prepared. Mm-hmm. So I finally get to triage, I think is what it's called. And they're like, okay, well, you don't sound great. I'm like, well, thank you, Captain Obvious. <laughs> and I get back to one of the chairs and they start taking blood. And um, again, I feel like I'm just going to like throw up. I'm coughing so bad. And wow. she's taking, the nurse is taking blood and I almost pass out. I'm oh like, my gosh. oh my God. I think, you know, another 12 vials of blood. Yeah. Um, no, no pick line. And they, they stuck me right in the crevice of my elbow. And I mm-hmm. like every time, you know, every time I moved, the damn machine would beep The oh, that beeping noise. So annoying. Oh, the most annoying noise like <gasps> in the world. And so whatever, go to the ER, they give me a room, start chemo the next day, did it for six days, but it was not consecutive or it wasn't like 24 seven. It was just Mm -hmm. random bags. Again, they did not give me Nupagen. So this, oh my God, this hospital stay was so damn long. It was 36 days because that's, I mean, I was, my immune system was crawling back to life. So they normally don't let you leave the hospital unless if your ANC is over 500, normal person, I think is like over 1500, like 1500 to 2000. Mm -hmm. They let me go at 250 because I was like, I got to get out of here. Like I'm literally going to go insane because I felt fine. Yeah. And like, that's crazy. Torturous. I was like, it's kind of amazing how your body just like was fine. Our bodies are unreal yeah they really really are crazy yeah so that one was it the same chemo or was it a different no so this was a different one okay um and was it right down the stats but I've had like 50 in total in a year and a half I've had like 58 days of chemo 10 different chemo drugs five different cocktails of like groupings of chemo um and so they finally, I mean, again, this was August of 2019. I think it was probably like Labor Day weekend that they finally let me go for like a walk outside. But I was in like sweatpants and a t-shirt. I would take my little like Ivy pole out to the little mm. patio that they had on the first floor. And we would walk around, not attached to Ivy. We would yeah. walk around campus and I was the only one in a mask. Yeah. Nowadays, I would have fit in perfectly. You would have. No, nowadays, nowadays, you would not be allowed. Right, allowed. that's true. <laughs> that's true. You wouldn't be able to leave. Yeah, no. So I got home after 36 days. Wow. And um, then I think I had like, I think I had like three weeks at home before I did another six days in the hospital for chemo. Okay. Again, lose the immune system. Yeah. And just chill at home we don't see anyone I don't go out to restaurants I don't go to Target Mm -hmm. you know neutropenic diet again Mm -hmm. I get home two weeks after that uh, my parents are at my cousin's wedding that I obviously could not attend Mm -hmm. and uh, I noticed my fever is like 102 or uh, 100.2 and I'm like 
son of a bitch. I'm like monitoring it while they're at the wedding. I think it hit like 100.6. Obviously, you can't take Tylenol or anything. I'm like, okay, yeah. so maybe, maybe it'll just go back down. Maybe it'll just go back down. Wake up the next morning and it's like 101.5. I'm like, oh my God. Hi, 10. Um, yeah, I got to come back. And they're like, okay, come on in. So then I go back to the hospital and I have a blood infection. So they mm. obviously take they take blood samples from your pick line, but then to make sure that it's not an infection in your pick line, they have to take blood from not the pick line. So, right. you know, get stabbed another few times. Yeah. And that stay was 15 days. Oh my God. And surprisingly, even with a blood infection, like I felt fine. Yeah. Um, and uh, during that time, was the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's Light the Night Walk. Mm. And uh, back in May of that year, 2019, before I went back to work, I went out to lunch with my boss. And she was like, oh, my God, like the LLS has this walk in Philly, like in front mm -hmm. of the art museum. They do the fireworks. Like, oh, my God, we got to get a team together. Yeah. And I was like, sure. I mean, why not? It'll be fun. Like okay so then I actually didn't even start a team and fundraising until I was in the hospital that August so mm -hmm. mid-August I announced two weeks into that hospital stay that um I was back and I was done my six days of chemo yeah and so I started fundraising you know well and within three months I raised over a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, I raised over $100,000. I had 150 people at the walk. Uh, wow. My work made 100 t-shirts. We got 100 Fight and Fins hats made. And I was, awesome. I was a mile away in the hospital being FaceTimed and texted. And uh, yeah. needless to say, with fundraising that much money, I won individual, I won team, I won the new team, my parents and wow. my one brother were on the stage holding up the balloons as um, the survivor. And a bunch of people went out to the bars afterwards. And I was like, well, at least everyone had like a great time. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I got discharged the next day. I was like, uh, you hosted a party, but you weren't there. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's having a great party in my honor as I was <laughs> a mile away. Um, yeah. and I couldn't even see the fireworks from my hospital room because I was not in that oh. I wasn't facing that direction, but it's all good. Yeah. So that's amazing though. Wow. It was that was incredible. So that was the beginning yeah. of what has to come. And yeah. so after the so light the night, but that was during that like recurrence. You yeah. got the six days of chemo. Yeah. So and I was then we're technically like, oh, I was in remission in September. So, right. Okay. That's yeah. So that it's like, Ooh, I'm in remission, but like, okay, how long is this one going to last? Yeah. So, um, after I got home from the 15 day hospital stay, I had three weeks before I was going back in for my bone marrow transplant because when mm -hmm. I relapsed in August, they decided that, you know, I, the chemo might put me in remission, but ultimately I'm going to need a bone marrow transplant. So, okay, so no matter what, yeah, you're no, going to have no one. matter what, I mean, you have to be pretty close to remission 
in order to have a transplant um, mm-hmm. or else they won't do it. So in August, right when I was doing treatment, they were like, okay, you have two brothers, um, two younger brothers, because they wanted someone at the time I was, I was 28. They wanted someone mm-hmm. under 30. Okay. And they wanted to try for a perfect match. And so mm-hmm. both my brothers got tested. One brother was a seven out of 10 and one was a five out of 10. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing that in Jared's episode, he was like, yeah, I'm kind of like happy that it wasn't like one of my relatives or something because like, well, one, if anything were to go wrong, like, oh my God, they would feel horrible. And, you know, then the one brother would be like, well, I saved Christy's life. And they'd be like, yeah, you asshole. Like, <laughs> um, so. Does it have to be a 10 out of 10 match? No. So okay. this is what's crazy and why uh, more people should be advocating for be the match. So I've heard that people never have a match. I've heard that people mm-hmm. get one 10 out of 10 match or maybe like an eight out of 10 match. I had 35 10 out of 10 matches around the world. Yeah. Oh my God. So they, like, I don't know how they picked my donor, um, but my donor, so I was 28 at the time. He was 29 at the time. He from Germany. So, like, Mm -hmm. I think they've done an SVU uh, episode where, like, it's someone has a different DNA, like, yeah, if someone just oh, does really? if someone just does my DNA, <laughs> it comes up male. Like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That is wild. So, wow. Yeah. That's uh so that was like the next part of Do you my... get to like this is probably a stupid question, but you don't get to like talk to them or anything, right? So for the first year you can't well, for the first year you can, but it has to be through uh, the doctor's office or like through the bone okay. marrow uh, donor program. Like, um, yeah. yeah. And for reasons that we will talk about later on, um, yeah. I decided not to reach out. I actually still haven't reached out, but I, it's just because I keep forgetting to, but I just wanted to make sure that I was in the clear enough before I reached right. out to them because kind of the same yeah, thing with if a you know a sibling gave you their marrow like if it didn't go well they would just right. feel awful even though they don't even know you um mm-hmm. so yeah then um we had to do a three-hour bone marrow transplant class it was me my parents and then wow. a girl my age who spent I think she spent like two months in the hospital um mm-hmm when she got diagnosed, cause she got missed. Oh my God. The amount of people that get misdiagnosed is just, it's just crazy how it's complicated blood cancers are insane. like, but like leukemia, it's not like you can do a CT or PET scan and just be like, Oh, yep. Right. You got something. It's like, it's just, it's just crazy how many people get their symptoms pushed off. Mm-hmm. Um, but so she and I were in this transplant class. Her husband was with her and her mom because you get it's a three-hour class you get like a four-inch thick binder Mm -hmm. it tells you I mean I honestly the amount of rules was just like insane I mean I get it 
but like the food restrictions, the clothing restrictions, the oh, clothing stuff you can't have in your room. I could only wear clothing for a day and then it'd have to be washed. Um, my sheets, oh. my sheets had to be changed every day. Um, oh, if wow. I, you know, people were giving gifts to my parents to be brought to me, like they couldn't bring gifts into the room. I couldn't get flowers sent to me. I couldn't have stuffed wow. animals brought to me. Everything that I brought to the hospital had to be wiped down before my transplant started. Like it was mm-hmm. the amount of restrictions wow. was just like nuts. Like I mm-hmm. could only have like hot food from either the uh cap not cafeteria, the dining service. Um I couldn't mm-hmm. have Starbucks. I couldn't have coffee brought to me. Wow. I had to do oh the, I had to do the instant coffee from Trader Joe's, yeah. so I'll probably never have that again. Um yeah. <laughs> I could have tea, but I couldn't have like I couldn't have soda that came from a fountain. Like anything that had piping, like I couldn't have that because the machines are wow. just gross yeah you don't think about that honestly learning all about food safety and everything you're like wow we are really oh right (laughs) right (laughs) totally so yeah then I you know went to Target and I got all these sets of pajamas because I was like well they have to be washed and dried on high heat like I'm not gonna destroy the clothing that I actually like and yeah I had to go to Trader Joe's and uh stock up on some goodies and like every snack had to be individualized. So like if you wanted to have popcorn, actually, no, they said you couldn't have popcorn. So pirate's booty, if you want to have pirate's booty, it had to be like an individual bag. Like you couldn't have like a big bag of chips. Couldn't have the hand going in. It pretty much once it's open, it has to be eaten. Um, And when you're on the transplant floor, you have your own mini fridge and microwave. So luckily Mm -hmm. I stocked up on like Jell-O, Gatorade, stuff like that yeah it was so that three-hour class I was like um what the hell am I about to do because yeah it was that's crazy insane wow I didn't I never had heard before all the like restrictions like of course like being careful but like oh yeah restrictions with it oh yeah I never even thought about it yeah and then like even when I went home I wasn't allowed to have takeout for the first 100 days Wow. Oh my God. That's so, so wild. Or like I couldn't have someone, I couldn't have someone like make me a meal at their house and no one was mm-hmm. allowed in our house. Like it, it was literally like COVID. I, I was dealing with COVID four months, <laughs> four months yeah, before, before COVID. the world shut down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. So like learning all of that, you're just like, okay, like, what am I actually getting myself into? You did the two chemos. They were like, no matter what, you're going to have to do a bone marrow transplant. Started doing the class. And then like, what was like the timeline in between the second chemo and that? Like, how long did they have you wait? It was a month and a half. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It was a month and a half after, but three weeks three weeks after I got back from a 15 day stay in the hospital from the blood uh, infection. Okay. Right, right, right. Um, well, that was a surprise. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> and then what was like the first step for the bone marrow transplant? Like you got your donor. 
Yeah, so I got my donor, and they were like, okay, he, at the time I was 28, he was a 29-year-old male from Germany, which I right. think like so weird. Um, so yeah, if there was like an SVU uh, episode, yeah, my DNA comes up as male. That's like <laughs> the weirdest so thing weird. ever. It blows my mind. It's so weird. <laughs> So weird I'm like you picked a female I don't know I mean nothing's changed and they said like I mean I'm infertile which is a whole nother topic but um they said you know if I could have kids they would have my DNA so maybe I could do like target oh. or something I don't know that's something I still need to talk about but being 30 and single it's not really a uh, pressing topic yeah yeah <laughs> So they're like, okay, get home from that. Time for the transplant. I go into the hospital, literally like uh, a year post originally being diagnosed, which was kind of crazy. Like, wow. okay, going back. It was like deja vu. Like I went back right. to the hospital a week before Thanksgiving. I was there almost till my birthday. I was like, Okay, this is just oh my gosh, you spent so much time there. Were you nervous about the bone marrow transplant? Um, did you know the side yeah. of, the side effects? Yes, I was. I mean, yeah. I didn't, I didn't let that get to me, like the possibility mm -hmm. of all the side effects, and I think that was something that really like helped me throughout mm -hmm. all of it, like all of my rounds of chemo. Um, yeah, I just there was a point where like I didn't want to hear about other people's stories because I'm like I'm mm -hmm. doing great mm -hmm. like I don't need to hear how someone's not doing well because mm -hmm. then you just think like oh my god it happened to that person you're just like it waiting me. and it just yeah. it freaks you out and you just you can't do that to yourself you just can't mm -hmm. so before the transplant um I was there a week before transplant in the hospital and they put you on a chemo. I forget the name of it. Um, but you get a chemo that um, fully wipes your bone marrow. So like your mm -hmm. body would not be able to produce blood if you did not get a transplant. Like that's how severe it was. Wow. Um, and I mean, luckily, I didn't really, eh, I didn't have any immediate side effects from that. Mm -hmm. um, but with one of the tricky parts about getting your donor cells from across the pond, as I say, yeah. <laughs> um, timing wise, they thought the cells were coming a day earlier and then they were coming on time. So then they bumped, they like consolidated my chemo from six days to five days. And that mm. was not a great idea, but luckily I had a day of rest in between. Mm -hmm. Um, I just like lost my appetite. I just didn't feel well. I'm sure they're like kind of like God. killing you in a weird way. <laughs> yeah, you know, they've only killed my immune system like 11 right. times in a year and a half. Um, nothing major. Um, <laughs> and so they do that. And I started getting, before transplant, I started getting um, blood blisters in my mouth. Mm. So that's oh. like really fun yeah yeah luckily they weren't big they didn't hurt okay. um Sounds it felt painful. like I bit my cheek in the back of my mouth or something got it and 
you know, in middle school, I had braces for three years and I right. <laughs> still wore my retainers. My teeth were still great. And they were like, you got to stop wearing your retainers. Like that can make your um, uh, mucositis a lot worse. And I'm like, mm. oh God, I don't want to lose my straight teeth. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> they still look very straight. <laughs> they're, they're like, are you serious right now? And I'm like, Yes. Do you have any idea how you painful took, that was for three also, years? Also, you took everything else, like yeah. my teeth. <laughs> I want to keep my teeth. Yeah. And so the blood blisters began, but nothing bad. And mm. then I get my transplant, and it is the most anticlimactic event ever. Oh, like, really? Just, it's a bag of blood. Looks like a bag of blood. Uh-huh. And you get hooked up. I think it was maybe like half, no, I think it was like an hour and a half, but for the first 15 minutes, there's like 10 doctors and nurses just staring at you because they're waiting to see if you react, like because of GBHD, graft-first-host disease, which is like bittersweet because they kind of want you to get a reaction so that your body recognizes these foreign cells that Mm -hmm. will then and graft take over your body and attack the cancer cells. Mm-hmm. So they're just staring at you and you're like, what's up guys? Like, how are you doing like that? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It was, I feel like everyone's like, yeah, it was the most like nonchalant thing you could ever go through. That is so weird. Yeah. I would think it's like a whole, like a huge event somehow. I don't no. know how it would be a huge event, no. but like, yeah. I guess because the word transplant, like, right, I don't know, right. but it's not, it's not a surgery. It just got hooked up to my, oh, to my Hickman. So mm. when you get a transplant, you have to get a Hickman in your chest. So like right below your collarbone. And I know people can't see me, but like, I'm a petite-ish girl. I don't really have boobs. So I don't have a lot of fat on my chest. Mm. Um, and I also have a VP shunt. I forget what the VP stands for, but I essentially have a tube that goes from the back of my head down to my abs. Um, and it's on my right side where the Hickman would be. Mm-hmm. And it's it was put in when I was like three weeks old. Um, oh, okay. um, but it was taking fluid out of my head and putting it into my abs. Got so it. they're like, okay, this is going to go on your right side. And I'm like, well, that's where my my tube is like uh are you sure you want to do that like can it go on the left side and they're like well it's better for your heart if it's on the right I was like screw it okay done do it on the right side and my shunt is broken in my chest and in my neck and um this is one one part that no one really warns you about at all so they give you like a little bit of laughing gas a little bit of numbing in the chest but I don't think the actual process of them, it, so a Hickman is essentially like a bigger pick line. Like the tubing is bigger. Okay. Um, mine only had two lumens. Sometimes people get three, um, but they have to tunnel it through another vein. Ooh. And in order to do that, there's another incision, like right above your collarbone, right where your neck muscle starts, um, like in the front of your throat, kind of. And for them to tunnel it, I mean, they are like pushing on your oh throat and chest. Oh. And I'm like, okay, well, that's cool. No one told me about this. Yeah. 
And so they also didn't tell me that it would be sutured in like with stitches. So oh my I'm God. done and I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck just happened to me? <laughs> and like, then they put like the glue on your incision where they took the tunneling thing through. Yeah. And so I'm like, why do I have two bandages? Like what? And so like that, that's a process that you do on your first day to get chemo uh, before a transplant. So got it. Like, on why top of they, getting chemo, what? I guess we talked about this before, but why can't they do it? Like, can they do it through a port or no? So they don't want to do it through, well, they don't want to even do it through a pick line because, um, one, the tubing is wider, but two, you, when you go in for transplant, you are hooked up to an IV of tacrolimus, which is an immunosuppressant. Mm. You're hooked up to that. I mean, I think it was like the morning of the transplant Mm -hmm. through the next two weeks. Like Uh. I showered attached to an IV pole. I had Uh. to like do the plastic covering on my chest for my Hickman and the I had a waterproof sleeve for my pick line. Highly recommend that for everyone. Um, and what, again, what no one told me was, so like the next day after I get the Hickman put in, I say to my nurses, like, um, can we get like a scan? Like, I, I don't know if they like hit my tubing or like what, oh. but I feel like I got punched in my chest. Oh like my God. awful. And they're like, oh yeah, that's normal. I'm like, well, that kind of would have been nice to like for uh, someone to tell me. me. Yeah, like it's gonna hurt. Yeah, and like I, you know, post transplant when I started talking to people on Instagram, I was like trying to find people going through transplant. I was yeah. like, oh, hey, heads up, like that Hickman's gonna really hurt, like for two to three days on the site. And the three people were like, no one's told me that. And then they get it, and like a day later, they're like, oh my god, thank God you told me. I'm like, what? that's like there's no warning throughout the U.S. that like no one's warning people so like yeah that would have been a cool warning yeah but yeah so you're you're hooked up to tacrolimus and so when I went through the chemo I was uh I get I got mucositis which turned into esophagitis so my esophagus was inflamed I couldn't swallow I obviously couldn't eat I could barely drink and so then uh, one of my pick line lumens was hooked up to, um, I forget what drug it was, but it was like two levels past Oxy mm-hmm. <laughs> with a push button that could go every 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I, have this, I have this one photo of me and I'm just like loopy out of my mind. And my aunt was there that day and she's like, I think you need to take a nap. I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I should <laughs> but like that's the only way I could swallow and like yeah they gave me like numbing cough drops and numbing um sprays but with esophagitis it's not your throat it's like right really it's like, down there so there's yeah. like nothing um not topical but like nothing right. that you can ingest can numb it and make it feel better yeah so with that that caused me to go on to um, liquid nutrition for five days through wow. my Hickman. Yeah. Um, 
that was another reason uh, I had the Hickman um, mm. and why we kept it in so long. Um, and that was like bizarre because I mean, I love to eat food, but like I literally couldn't swallow. Yeah. So then because of that, like I, it took me a long time for my appetite to recover from that. Mm. Like you don't think five days is that long, but it is. Like, yeah, I'm I, sure. Five days of I not eating. Like, yeah. Like I time. just didn't have an appetite. And then like, mm-hmm. I didn't know what would feel good on my throat. And then I'm like, I don't want hospital food. And like, mm-hmm. so at the end of that hospital stay, towards the end of the hospital stay, it was like probably December 10th. Um, I took like, when I would take a shower, I had like a plastic chair in the shower. I would sit down and because of the amount of effort that it took to get ready for the shower again like putting the plastic on the hickman on my chest putting the sleeve on my arm and just like (laughs) the amount of energy it took I would Mm -hmm. take probably like a half an hour 45 minute shower and have my music going I'd have like my scrub you know shampoo even though I had no head on my hair um But that was like my me time where I was like, oh my God, no one's going to bug me for right. half an hour. <laughs> right. Amazing. Just to sit and be alone. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I highly recommend if you can get a chair in a shower, just do it. You got to warn, warn the nurses so they don't think you like pass <laughs> like out in dead. the shower. They would, they would knock every few minutes and I'm like, I'm yeah. still jamming out. Like I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like probably December 10th I remember I was in the shower and I just like I just cried I was like I'm so over this like I want to be home for my birthday I want to be home for Christmas like because they say it's four weeks and so that would have been my birthday in the hospital you know all this stuff and I was like I'm just so done and so I I'm like okay I'll come out of the shower come out of the shower get changed and then the team of nurses and everyone come in and I like don't even say two words before I start like tearing up again I'm like can I just go home for my birthday like Mm -hmm. at that point that was my luckily knock on wood my last hospital stay Mm -hmm. I spent 120 nights in the hospital in 13 months wow that was my second Thanksgiving in the hospital um my you know second birthday of not being able to really celebrate and like post-transplant you the first 100 days are super super important so you are on until further notice you're on very strict restrictions like you pretty much can't go anywhere for those first 100 days except for the doctor's office you can't have takeout you have to have everything like fully cooked it's like the neutropenic neutropenic diet on steroids like yeah no lettuce no fresh fruit or veggies like right it's just insane um no coffee from a coffee maker even if it's from your house because of all the piping and just like you wow like it's like COVID but a a billion times worse like you just like and yeah can't wear clothing for more than a day so then you have to do like laundry nonstop. right um, oh my god it's just it was a lot and then so yeah it was my second Thanksgiving my second birthday my second Christmas and then somehow right after New Year's um my friends that got engaged 
a few days before I relapsed, their engagement party was right after New Year's. And I told my transplant doctor, I was like, okay, it's like a party of 70 to 80 people. I know I'm not allowed to eat or drink anything. I'll bring my own water bottle. I showed up. I was like, I'll just go for an hour. I showed up wearing a mask pre-COVID <laughs> and I had like nursing rubber gloves on underneath my mom's like leather gloves so that like I wasn't touching anything yeah and that was like the last time I was social um wow in f- mid what was it er- mid early February they did a <laughs> this is where it gets really fun guys mid early February they did a blood test just mm-hmm. to see how everything was doing. And uh, Doc goes, it's back. And I was like, oh my God. are you kidding? Like, I was day 80. So this was, like, right before Valentine's Day. Oh, like, what are you even, what is, like, even going through your mouth? Like, I was oh, like, my God, I'd be pissed. Fucking kidding me? Like, yeah, what? But the the part that was, like, awful about this time was I wasn't symptomatic. Like right. the other two times, like I thought I had the flu, right. losing, whatever. This time, I mean, they caught it so early that I had no symptoms. I mean, yeah. like the very, very beginning. So I was like, okay. And again, like back to the chart conversation that we had earlier, mm-hmm. um, like I show up to my doctor's office. He goes, I think it's back. We need a biopsy. and this is what we're going to do. And I'm like, all right. Cause like, I feel like when you show up to the doctor's office, they tell you it's back. They tell you a treatment plan. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay. Like, you know, it's not yeah. like it's back. Let me call you in two weeks with a treatment plan. It's like, all right. Totally. You know, like, let's, right. It's like, let's, let's freaking go. It. Yeah. And so I think I had, so they found that out like right before Valentine's day. Then they were like, okay, you can go to Target. You can go to a restaurant. So I went to a restaurant with my friend. And I told her, I was like, tomorrow I have a doctor's appointment. Doing a bone marrow biopsy and whatever. But we're pretty sure it's back. And Mm. yep, late February, they confirmed it was back from a biopsy. Oh, my God. And so this was... (laughs) So late February, this is when the word COVID started becoming yeah. a thing. And I wish I could go back to the day where my transplant nurse practitioner said, I'm more worried about you getting the flu than COVID. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> oh, how times have changed. Seriously. Like, oh, my God. Oh. Uh, God. I can't even imagine how many people have said that or said that in the beginning. <laughs> right? So I had like two weeks where I was, again, allowed to go to Target and just browse around and like not touch anything unless I was buying it. And I went to two restaurants and then uh, early May comes and doctors are like, dude, this COVID thing and we got to shut you down. And I was like, yeah, I just like, I literally just got some freedom. And now you're telling me to go back because it wasn't just being in isolation, essentially, from mid November, 
-hmm. it was also like early August, but then really it had been 15 months. Yeah. It was like over a year. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Like I'd only had like two and a half months of freedom before my relapse. And then they're like, okay, well in mid-March, we're going to start you on uh, 10 days outpatient on chemo light um, by Daza. And I had that for 15 minutes a day. Luckily we could just do it 20 minutes down the road instead of going oh. an hour to pen. Okay. Um, and then I did 14 days of two pills of the Netoclax and like everyone was like, you know, freaking out that they couldn't go on vacations and couldn't go to bars. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't yeah. even know if I can like start chemo again. Like, right. Oh my God. And I did like this big, post on Facebook and it got like over a hundred shares I was just like dude chill out it's only two weeks of your life I can't drink I'm not with my friends I'm not with my roommates like I'm like Like you have everyone just stop complaining like oh my god and so that I started that chemo and I think it was the um pills of venetoclax so earlier I said chemo really never kicked my butt except for yeah. For transplant. So at the time I was, I'm, I'm five, four, I was 150 pounds. I'm like an athletic looking girl. Mm-hmm. And I went down to 120 in six weeks. Like wow, I full blown lost my appetite. I was eating maybe a meal and a half a day. And then I was throwing it up afterwards. Oh my God. Um, I never, I like did not want to leave the couch. Wow. I was eating pasta, cereal, and ice cream, which mm-hmm. is great for thinking like, okay, I'm losing weight, but I'm still eating like shit. What? <laughs> so that carbs was are March. sometimes the only thing you can uh, even take yeah. down. So carbs are great. Yeah, carbs they are great. <laughs> and so that was March, and then April, May. June, I did five days outpatient uh, by Daza, and then seven days of Venetoclax, but only one pill. Mm. And like between going on liquid nutrition for five days in December, and then that happening, like that really, uh, like it took me a long time to recover my appetite from that. Mm. Like I was eating the smallest meals and then yeah Mm. I went down to 100 pounds I was a size eight and I went down to a size two um and then you know I know a lot of people that go on steroids and they're like oh my god I'm so big from chemo and like all this stuff and I was like yeah well I'm losing weight and everyone keeps telling me how great I look and I just want to tell them like oh thanks I eat a meal and a half a day and I throw it up afterwards do you still think I look great like right cool that's why everyone should know like skinny does not mean healthy you know no and I like again I'm like a muscular person like I look like an athlete and I had no upper body muscle like my shoulders like when you do like the flex arms I'm normally like pretty toned and there was no muscle tone like it was and I'm like how did this happen now and not the 120 days in the hospital like that's what confused the hell out of me the most like Mm -hmm. I mean your body has now been through so much shit it's probably like all right it's probably like what what's next yeah (laughs) um that was 
you know, April, May, and then June, um, you know, for these rounds of chemo, I was not getting, um, we were not doing the shots of new lasta. And for my last round, even though it was the same amount of dosage of Vidase and Venetoclax in April and May, the June one just, or the, the May one just took like a really long time for my counts to recover. So instead of doing it like the first week of June, I did it uh, the second week of June or the third week of June. I think it was second week of June. Um, and I was getting really nervous because when I relapsed in February and started treatment in March, mm-hmm. they wanted to get a booster of cells from my original donor in Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jesus with COVID and everything, they were like, okay, well, we don't even know if like we can ship cells from yeah. Germany. And I'm like, okay, this COVID thing is like really, really messing me up. Yeah. So luckily we had no issues with that. Like oh, my donor God. was healthy and timing wise, everything worked out. And so I did my chemo and essentially my immune system crashed right when I got my booster cells. So to me, I'm like, okay, that's good. My immune system's like almost nothing. And I'm getting mm-hmm. these booster of cells and unlike transplant, they were not putting me on any immunosuppressant. So when I spend an entire day getting my cells, even though the infusion um, outpatient was an hour and a half, mm-hmm. uh, no one, the things they don't tell you again, um, no one told me that I would be getting an hour of hydration before and after. Oh, that tackles on another two hours. Mm-hmm. and took so oh then they had to do like an antibodies test I mean I got there at 9 a.m and I left at 5 30 I was like oh my god WTF this was supposed to be an hour and a half procedure like yeah. again the things yeah <laughs> people don't tell you and like by this time was so what's going on like with the cancer like is it gone did you do a scan like what's so right after my first round of the chemo the chemo that kicked my ass I was in remission. Oh, so okay. I've been in remission. So that was like mid-March. So I've been in remission okay. for 14 months. Wow. So. That's huge. Great. Yeah. And So when were you done with treatment? Like how long have you been out of treatment then? 10 months. 10 months. Okay. The, the DLI, the booster of cells in late June, it was June 26th. Okay. Um, that was my last technical treatment. And then I had like a biopsy in August. I had a biopsy in October. Okay. And the one in October was my 10th biopsy. And the one in October and in August, I just cried because I was like, I'm so emotionally just exhausted. Yeah. And like, hello, they hurt like a bitch. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm well, like, and you're like, I'm sure you're friggin' frightened. Like, I'm like, oh my God. Like, well, and like my first biopsy done by my oncology nurse practitioner, mm-hmm. uh, she had to go in three different times oh. because my, I guess my bone marrow was so dry or like she must've been a little bit newer. I forget. 
Mm. So every time she would go to do one, I'm like, oh, oh no. Like, yeah, oh my like, God. Please, please don't, don't want to be like two drills. Please, please, please. So yeah, I haven't, I've not had a biopsy since October. So then wow. from that biopsy in October, I found out the results in November that my inversion 16 subtype is gone. Okay. Um, so that was a huge that's a huge, huge milestone. Yeah. So that was essentially the first ticker of like remission. Like, yes, wow. I've been in remission since March, but that like, it was very, very, very low number of cells. Right. So then in November, the inversion 16 is gone. My doctor, my oncologist walks into the room with a piece of paper. Um, and he's like, read this. I'm like, huh, what? He goes, read it. And I go, okay. And it goes, not detected. And I'm like, what's not detected? And he's like, keep reading. I'm like, this is gibberish. Like, I don't know what this means. <laughs> and he goes, your inversion 16 is not detected. And I was like, oh. And oh, my God. When he, walked, when he walked in, he was like, you're going to want to frame this. And then that's how he told me to read it. Yeah. And right next to me, I actually do have, I have it posted on my wall in a nice oh, pretty love thing that. from Target. <laughs> I love it. Target is the theme of this. Um... <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> I should be sponsored by Target. God damn uh, it. <laughs> Target sponsors. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's so amazing. That in, yeah, so that was in November. And then in January, they did a whole nother round of blood tests. I mean, thank God those don't affect me. They just take certain vials of blood. So I'm like, yeah, no problem. That's easy. Yeah. Um, and then in February, I found out that 0. 0.0000, so four zeros, percent of my cells were leukemia cells. So that's another ticker of remission. Amazing. Um, and then... Uh, when I started, so that was February, when I started work last Monday on yeah. May 3rd, I found out that my inversion 16 is still not detected. So that's Incredible. like another level of remission. Thank yeah. you. Wow. And, and how, so like, it's just kind of like monitoring. So now I'm yeah. every other month, which is like, okay. I'm like, are you sure you want to see me every month? Right. Every other month, like I can, I can come get blood done. Like it's totally. fine, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I totally get that. So, like, yeah, how have you been doing, like, emotionally and physically? Like, how did your body recover? How has like <sighs> your mindset been? Like, I just can't even. I'll imagine. start with I'll start with physically because they're all just like yeah. <laughs> so physically, I'm happy to report I'm back up to like 137, which Amazing. is like where I should be. <laughs> I should have not been 150, but I was enjoying life. Um, <laughs> so I'm 137. I'm like a size six. I am doing the Couch to 5K app. So oh, I'm nice. Like Good for you. Training to be a runner not really I hate running but <laughs> I feel like that was just a great it was a great way to get me motivated and it was yeah, easy to, start to say like a I run three times a week and it was like walking and running and stuff like yeah. that um I mean last summer I played tennis I wakeboarded um oh my god amazing I was, yeah I didn't really have the muscle to be doing all that but like I'm good That's, to go yeah um so physically, I'm doing pretty good. 
my hair is coming in. Um, I'm only 30, but I have a lot of gray <laughs> hairs. I do too. Um, it's so really annoying. We'll have, <laughs> we'll have to figure out what to do about that uh, for the wedding that I'm in in July because I cannot have grays. Um, they're blending in with some blonde, which I'm not blonde. I'm brunette. So I don't know where. I don't know where either of those are coming from. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's like, that's all good. My skin, honestly, post-transplant skin, your skin's like baby skin. Like you have to like only do like the CeraVe lotion and Dove mm. body wash and like right. the the Dove bar is your shampoo. So like you mm. have to retrain your skin to like adjust to, I don't want to say adjust to toxins, but like adjust yeah. to like normal stuff um and that was brutal because some days my skin was like what the hell did you put on me yeah, I'm like, okay so we're, we're taking it back a notch taking it back a notch right. I don't use like very fragrant things like I can't do it right um so physically pretty good I'll have to do damn Invisalign because I can't fit my retainers anymore I think my mouth has actually widened which is like crazy that is. Um, they look straight to me. Yeah, uh, the bottom ones uh, need a little help, but <laughs> um, so yeah, I'll be starting that in the fall, hopefully. Um, and then mentally and emotionally. So last, I mean, so when I talked about how like I didn't even cry for the longest time, like with mm-hmm. leukemia, you you find out you're diagnosed and you're just like literally thrown into the hospital like you don't have you don't have time to like process it and like I never I never really ever thought about dying yeah that's like really weird to say out loud but I never thought it's a common I never thought of cancer that way like I always thought of it more as like a long flu maybe it was because of my symptoms like I don't know but I never thought about that so like Mm -hmm. mentally for the longest time like I was like, yeah, I'm going to bounce back. I'm going to be great. Like, I just had to take, like, you know, some time off in the hospital. But, like, I'm good. Yeah. And then what was it? So it was in June, sometime last spring, you know, when the world shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, I That's when I really started to become friends with cancer people on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I'm in the group Chemo Queens. So if mm-hmm. you're female join chemo queens we've got a great group of girls that will love you and give you advice and all that fun stuff I love that and um most of them are lymphoma Mm -hmm. and I've met a few leukemia girls and with the more and more stories I heard from people that's when it really started to hit me that like wow leukemia and going through a bone marrow transplant are so unique that like Mm -hmm. I wish I wish I'd had someone around my age that went through it recently that could be like okay like heads up your world you thought it was already turned upside down you're about to do like three more somersaults like (laughs) (laughs) so like get ready yeah so I had already done the fundraising for LLS and I was like, you know, I think I should start a blog. I think it should start to actually like fully tell my story. Mm -hmm. And then it should go into, you know, because of all the stuff that you learned in your transplant class of like food safety, 
uh, skincare stuff and all that stuff, like your life really adjusts right? and you have to think differently. Um, so then it started as that. And then when I started thinking of a name, I came up with fueling your soul mm-hmm. because I think that was kind of a turning point where I kind of felt like I was losing myself between Mm -hmm. cancer and COVID and not working and losing weight and not being able to do hobbies and not being able to see my friends. You're just like, who am I? Right. You have Um, no control of literally anything. Yeah. And like normally, you know, pre-COVID when you would meet someone who like just got through something like a serious breakup, a divorce, a cancer or something like that. You're like, go on a trip, like go do it. Right. Well, we can't do that, mm-hmm. especially right now. And so I was like, I want to help people fuel their soul mm-hmm. because if we are just going through life, you know, doing this job that just pays the bills and Mm -hmm. just being friends with people as social friends and you know just going on a vacation because it's a hot Instagram spot to take a photo like Mm -hmm. that's not fueling your soul like when you're in the hospital for 120 nights in 13 months you're not you're not wishing you could be back at the bar at 2 a.m with your friends you're wishing that you could be on the couch with your friends Mm -hmm. laughing your asses off and, you know, remembering the times uh, that, you know, we probably can't even say on the podcast, (laughs) like, you know, (laughs) those fun times that you just, that fuel you. Yeah, totally. So it just, so I decided I was going to start that in June. I love that. I didn't end up starting, I didn't end up starting it until December because I studied product design in college at Purdue Uh and I was like, okay, if I'm going to do a website, like I'm going to do all the work myself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's really hard. (laughs) Well, well, that took a little bit longer than I expected. (laughs) It's hard. And yeah. And just, oh God. And so on top of that, I was like, okay, well I need to write like my first month in the hospital and then you know, a, about each treatment and, oh, I need to get the names of the drugs and, you know, stuff like that. And it was in August when I was at the shore with my family that I really started to like write about my time uh-huh. or my treatments and stuff. And I think like between, so like August was when, I guess summertime was when people were like, going to restaurants they were still like visiting friends Mm -hmm. and I was like I can't even see my friends like Mm -hmm. I can't do this I can't do that like what the hell like I've been on lockdown for a year and a half like this is stupid Mm -hmm. like I just it was a lot of that that was going on yeah and like post-transplant they say people normally go back to work like six to twelve months just between the immunosuppression and the stress of going back to work, it's normally six to 12 months. I was like, I should be back at work now. Like I should be going on vacations with my friends. Like mm-hmm. it just uh, literally any thought like that you could think of was running through my head. Right. Um, you know, one of my best friends got engaged and 
it's like it's bittersweet because you're so, like I'm so so excited and happy for her. like I am a bridesmaid yeah but then on the other end I'm like I'm 29 I have no idea when I'm gonna date yeah. I don't know when I'm gonna have kids and it's just it just snowballed like right. it just it became so overwhelming and then writing my blog that forced me to essentially process what the hell I've been through like Mm -hmm. oh my god I spent this much time in the hospital and I got hooked up to this and I lost the weight and then I gained the weight and like it just it hit me like bricks Mm -hmm. and I know a lot of people do talk about this um when you're done treatment, that's kind of when everyone thinks that you're normal and you're mm-hmm. fine and you're going to be the same old you. Yep. And like, I'm a positive, pretty happy person. So they're like, well, can you do this? Can you do this? And I'm like, no, I can't see my friends. No, I can't go to a restaurant. No, I can't do this. And it mm-hmm. was like, it was exhausting. And I'm still kind of in that phase of COVID where like, no, I cannot go to an outdoor restaurant. Like, yes, I can finally be in a room with my friend and like sleep over her house. Like I had my first sleepover with a friend in almost two years. And like, some people are probably like, wow, you're 30 and talking about sleepovers. Yes. When you are single, your girlfriends need everything to you. And if you can't have like a sleepover with them where you stay up till two watching Netflix movies and drinking wine, like yeah you missed the sleepover yeah so I finally had my first one Mm -hmm. two or three weeks ago so fun and that was a hangover that was worth it yeah um (laughs) so I think like COVID just has thrown I mean it's just it's just delayed yeah my um recovery is not the right word but like my next chapter of like going getting back back, or not back but yeah during yeah finding out who I am post-cancer like Mm -hmm. you know I don't even know if I like want to be going out to restaurants two three times five times a week I don't Mm -hmm. know do I know if I enjoy traveling do I like do I enjoy spending time with those people that I've just been talking to the past like year? Like, I don't know. Yeah. And then, you know, people work wise, they're like, Oh, are you going to go back to your company? Like, are you going to try something else? Are you going to start your own thing? And I'm like, hold up. Right. I have worked only four weeks in two and a half years. Mm-hmm. I am going back. I am back to my old company. Uh, demotion in a way I've had to demote myself twice Mm. and you know pay and everything but it's less stressful and I'm like that's what I need right now I don't yeah like for sure I don't think I like I don't think I could have handled going to a new job and explaining to them like hey I'm exhausted today like I have to tap out early whereas here they're totally accommodating and they they're totally down for like me easing my way back into it and stuff like that and you know with my involvement with LLS a bunch of people are like well why don't you work for them and I'm like I need my separation like I was gonna say yeah sometimes it's it's too much well especially right you're so in it still that like 
you might need a break like maybe one day but I yeah like you just have to be patient with yourself like this is the part that's like so fucking confusing and frustrating and you just gotta like ease back I mean into life there's definitely days where I need a break and like that's why I created the second Instagram so that like Mm -hmm. when I did create the second Instagram the fueling your soul Mm -hmm. um fueling dot your soul um I kept my personal one and on my personal one I unfriended cancer accounts Mm. that were people that I didn't actually interact with right like people that I wasn't messaging back and forth because I was like, if I'm having like a rough day, I just want to go to my one Instagram and be able to see people that I know and interact like a, you know, a normal person. Right. Um, And I'm so happy I did that because yeah, you have to on that one. Like I still post about my family and like eventually going to events and like, I'll do a little bit of that on fueling, but Mm -hmm. um yeah you definitely at a certain point just need a little bit of separation and I didn't Mm -hmm. get that for a while and so like last fall I I did light the night again for Mm -hmm. the leukemia and lymphoma society um obviously it was virtual um I still raised over a hundred thousand dollars somehow oh my gosh Um, that's incredible and I still only did it for the three month time span um and you know I felt pretty great after doing yeah, that that's amazing. and then um around the holidays I got asked to run for woman of the year wow so I'm literally in the middle of that campaign oh right my now gosh. looking at my social media everyone's probably like oh my god are you done fundraising yet I'm <laughs> almost done I promise June 6th and then I'm taking wow. a big time out but so I'm trying to raise $150,000 this year. Oh my so gosh. Where can people, where can people like donate? And if they want to find. They can donate um, through my Instagram bio link. So okay. fueling.your.soul. Okay. It'll be a nice little beautiful picture of me. <laughs> um, and you can see my story on my page and everything. And so the reason why I'm trying to raise 150 this year is because when you raise 50,000 and when you raise 100,000, you get to tie your name to research portfolios. Mm. And so the past two years, um, because I've hit 50 and 100, uh-huh. um, I tie uh, my name to AML, acute myeloid leukemia. Uh-huh. And then for the other one, I choose one of the two most under researched and mm. stuff like that portfolios yeah so um, wow. I chose I forget what type it is but I chose um a type of lymphoma um mm. feel bad I didn't look that up but um so I was I get to do that so I'll get to do that hopefully this year uh, wow that's amazing yeah so I'm only at 40 right now so I got a, a bit to go but I've still got some big donors on hold for you know a matching day or something like that right so 150,000 you get to it's not like if three people make it to 150 it's the person that gets the highest no it's once you hit 150,000 you are invited to a research a panel of doctors that are on the research team for the drugs Wow. Um, and 
I, two of my first drugs, it was like Donorubicin and uh, another one. And then one of my last chemo drugs, Venetoclax, have been funded by the LLS. So mm-hmm. I really want to go on that trip mm-hmm. to essentially say thank you to those doctors because I literally would not be here yeah. without their research. That's incredible. Um, so I'm- Let's yeah, get you in, there. <laughs> in the middle of that right now. So I'm like, Woo! Yeah, that's amazing. Wow. <laughs> that's so cool. That's one- you know, not everyone has to feel like they went through cancer for a purpose, but I had a, I knew that there was, I knew that there was a reason why I went through this, whether Mm -hmm. it was to help people. And one of my favorite sayings is to make a difference to that one. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping through my blog, through my Instagram, through my hopefully over $300,000 of fundraising in three years for the LLS helps the next patient yeah um that's amazing I mean, n- no one should be diagnosed with cancer but shit none of us should have to go through it three times yeah yeah <laughs> three times in 16 months yeah so that's kind of like where I'm at wow. and just well easing, I love yeah I love that you're like using my it. way back into life right yeah. yeah ease your way back for sure and I love that you're just like using it to give back and help people and yeah. like help people understand the process too because it's gnarly <laughs> to say the least <laughs> yeah transplants no joke yeah no joke um, um and you said your instagram and i'll put them in the episode um description but what's your what's the website it's just fuelingyoursoul.com amazing wow so great domain nice and easy yeah yeah amazing yeah some food account has fueling your soul instagram and i should just message them to be like yo yeah like i'm pulling the cancer card Um. they they haven't used it in three years oh you totally should pull the seat might might have to change that yeah Yeah. (laughs) but no just fuelingyoursoul.com awesome it's got a mix of my story fundraising 21 things I'm looking forward to in 2021 30 things I learned under 30 eventually it'll be a little more adventurous with things that fuel my soul like collecting sea glass I have it all over my room oh that's so cool I love Um, it that's been one of the best activities for me because I'll just drive to the shore an hour and a half or I'll drive to uh camp in Maryland hour and a half two hours and I just go on these two to three hour walks and it's just I don't listen to music I'm maybe with one friend and you just let the sounds of nature like consume you and you just relax you don't Mm -hmm. even have to like think yeah it's just great it's amazing but more activities to fuel your soul that's what's coming that's what's it. coming for 2021. Yay! Now that I'm vaccinated and everything. And, so exciting. Well, I should say I'm fully vaccinated as far as COVID's concerned. I still yeah. have to finish my baby shot. Right. <laughs> from transplant. So right. I'm still in the works with that. But yeah, yeah so hopefully Amazing. just onward and upward. Uh, yes. 
Well, congratulations, Christy. And thank you. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. It's like, yeah, I know it was long, guys. (laughs) It was a long, um, long timeline. So it deserves it. (laughs) Yeah. Long timeline Um, with just a lot of craziness. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Like, yeah, please keep in touch. And I follow you, obviously. So like, so excited to just see everything. Lots to come. Amazing. (laughs) Thank you, Christy. All right. Well, thanks for having me, Maddie. Of course. I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Cancer Actually Fucking Sucks, the podcast where we get down to the nitty gritty of what actually happens before, during, and after cancer. Hosted by me, Madison Pollock. Follow along for updates and guests on Facebook and Instagram at Cancer Actually Sucks Podcast.